0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hello, welcome to United Hour, your one-stop shop for all things Manchester United. I'm your host, Imran. I'm Colin. And we are coming to you on the Man Holiday Monday uh, after the Southampton win. So that was two days ago, so it's obviously living fresh in the memory. Uh, we have just been... So eager to talk about what was a pulsating game uh, down, at, down, at the, down at Southampton. But actually, to be fair, this was our first win away from home for quite some time, wasn't it? What was it? First win in uh,
2: too long away from home. I don't know the exact number, but certainly too long. I also saw an interesting stat. Um, in our last away win, I don't even know who it was against, we played Maguire, Lindelof, Shaw, and Aaron Wambasaka, none of whom started this game, and had Pogba and Lingard in midfield. Only four players. Only four players who started this game started that game.
1: Um, well, yeah, it was, it was a, we ground out a 1-0 win. Um, not the most uh, lively game, really. Not the most exciting. But it was actually good to grind out a win for once. It feels like a while since we've done that. Um, what were your initial thoughts coming out of the game? Just happy with the points? <laughs> I mean, I was
2: obviously happy with the points. I think, uh, you know, you're four games into the season, but you're already in a, in a place where you're like, we don't want to lose too much ground. You don't want to, you know, lose more games even though realistically our expectations should probably still be quite middling. Um, so yeah, I was happy to win the points and happy with individual performances. Overall, I thought we were pretty bad. Um, it didn't. And I'm not saying that, you know, that my expectation was much higher than that. Um, but I thought there was very little in the performance to take quite a lot of joy from, other
1: than the, the three points, you know. But did we need to be any good? That's the real, oh, another question as well. Do we need to be good? Southampton weren't up to much either, I thought. Um, I think HG has them slightly ahead of us. Um, yeah, it was because like of 1. that 3, one
2: 1.3 and they had a slight point over us, if you know yeah, what I mean.
1: Yeah, I think because of that chance in the first half where the guy skied it from a corner.
2: Yeah. Um, um, yeah, obviously you only need to be as good as you have to be. Ultimately, particularly if you're good defensively, you know, the bar is quite low as to how well you actually have to play generally if you're going to keep a clean sheet all the time. Um, which is hugely encouraging and was probably the best part of the performance was certainly how the entire back four played. I just think, I felt during the game, it just felt like we were playing Southampton's game, not our game, if you know what I mean. I'm not sure we know exactly what our game is at the moment and it's very early in in, in Ten Hag's um, United career, I think, for the the team to even know themselves exactly what they want to do. Um, and it was a very stark contrast to Liverpool because they're completely different games. You know, you're going from a game where we have, not the lion's share of the ball and where the players know they have to be totally frenetic and at it and where you are going to see a much wider and open and expansive game because we'll go with them and they'll go at us kind of thing and to a game where you're getting the exact opposite southampton just completely sat off didn't press too high at all didn't press too vigorously really just got into banks of four and and then after the goal they kind of came on to us a lot but yeah it's just a very different kind of game ultimately the games against the mid table teams Imran, i'm almost more interested in the games against the top six do you know what i mean because like the liverpool game is as amazing as it was we had that under and it was like every other game was the issue and that has been in the way for so long is that when teams do come and park the bus or when we have to actually play up and um, that we struggle i'm not sure i got much of an answer but three points is better than one or zero you
1: know i felt it was more of a direct response to the the brimford game is what i i felt um i felt it was more about us being very solid Making sure, we, I, I think Ten Hag obviously preempted the fact that they, Southampton would try the the Brentford and Brighton hoof it down our left channel tactic. And it was more about getting winning those balls, winning those second balls, being competitive in there. That's why I thought actually McTominay, not on the ball, didn't have a great game, but off the ball was pretty good. Uh, about getting himself around, making sure he was first to those second balls or just generally being in, making himself a bit of a nuisance. And I feel that that was more of our game plan was just to make sure that we, was solid, had a solid base, weren't giving away anything daft, and then hopefully worked something at the other end, which we kind of did, even though we didn't work too much at the end. We probably should have scored in the first half after a bit of pinball. Um, Fernandes, Eriksen, oh, yeah. I think Alanga as well all could have scored from that. But then after that, really, the Bruno goal was the only attack we had. So, yeah, going forward on the ball, not the best performance, but I was pretty happy with how solid we were. We looked very solid, I thought. Um, with Varane and Martinez again having a good game together. Um, Tom actually doing a decent job of shielding, and you think that shielding jump can only get better when Casemiro comes in and does it. Um, another good play good game from Malasia and Dallo probably had one of his best games for us, I thought. Um, after a decent showing against Liverpool defensively, he was actually probably our best attacking outlet in the game.
2: Yeah, I think he probably was, and I think that's been a season long, you know, upwards trend kind of thing. I think he's potentially showing signs that he might thrive under a complete lack of competition at right back. Obviously, Aaron Wapsack is clearly not in Eric Ten Hag's plans. He may still go to Palace before the end of the window. Um, and we may bring in another right back, but that seems maybe slightly unlikely at the moment. So I'm actually not that upset about that because I am one of the people who thinks there might be a good player inside of Diogo Dalot. Um, a lot of people have big issues with him defensively. And I think there's like a funny, you know, one of those funny divides within the within the United community where people have to pick a side and you're either Aram or dalo, or you hit them both equally. Um, and that's an interesting thing because I think that always is a quick step towards people losing all objectivity, to be honest. Um, and they feel they have to amplify a player's faults to kind of even the scoreline with some other tragically bad player. Um, and I just don't think that's the case. I think he's not great defensively. I don't think he's a complete liability. And certainly this season he's been a lot more, as you say, combative and, you know, a bit more bitey in the tackle. I still think he, he's going to get beaten on the dribble, you know, most games by Premier League wingers. Um, but Varane seems to seems to steady it a wee bit. And going forward, he's he's decent. Um, I think he has room to become good and probably very good because he is technically very good with the ball at his feet. His passing in the build-up play is extremely good. He's good um, under pressure. His final ball has been a bit of an issue, but really, so far this season, it's looked a lot better, and I think that a lot of the time comes down to how the team's playing as opposed to just the player. If you have have Trent Alexander-Arnold slinging in balls for Marcus Rashford playing centre-forward, Trent Alexander-Arnold's crossing might not look that good. Do you know what I mean? There's, There's a very big correlation between... Someone else and the actual person who's playing the pass. I if the run is good and the movement is good, generally, you know, Dalo will have a better time if he's getting into spaces where he actually has time and, and he's in a good position to actually make a cross as opposed to just throwing it in as the last resort because we've ran out of ideas. And I think you end up seeing a much better end product. And really, that's what we saw this game and indeed in the last couple of games. And um, from him, which is you know really decent chances being carved out from good delivery from him.
1: Well, I was just happy that we finally, what well, feels like. Two years, three years. Finally saw our right back actually picking out a man from a cross. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like I remember is just. Uh, I'm going to put this ball into the box, and we'll see what happens. Kind of mm. player. Whereas actually Dalo actually did definitely pick out Bruno with a really good cross for the goal. uh while, There was while one. We were. There was
2: one early in the first half as well. He just overhit, but he oh, was just actually hundred percent yeah. looking for. Uh, the, I don't know who it would bruno, have been who hitter, was bruno right, again. It Was Bruno? Yeah, but it was like. It looked at the start like it might have been a bad cross but you could see in the end it was just like a foot too high but it was it was exactly the right ball to find someone within a body a sea of three or four bodies and like i'll take that every day over the alternatives I, I do hmm. i agree with you other things are just lofted in hopefully and there's like there's a speculative element to crossing in football even with the best of teams and the best of players but it shouldn't be all the time just as a last resort you know which is what we've seen so much of so yeah i'm pretty pretty pleased with dalo I, i'd be keen to give me a year and see what he can do, you know, if he keeps up the kind of industry, he's worked a lot harder this season than I think I've previously seen from him um in terms of just the up and down and particularly on the defensive side of the ball he's putting a lot more effort I think visibly and if that maintains and he keeps being you know decent on the ball I don't see why he couldn't
1: kind of um really advance on a little bit this year. And just to round off the right right back chat, do you do you think prediction wambisaka will be with us next week yes or no i i think he won't you think he won't you think he'll be gone i think he might go
2: yeah i'd be pleased maybe i'm just hopeful Um, But then they might even just not let him go at this point because if they i know there's talk that they still want to bring in you know and we'll talk probably about transfers at the end but there's still talk that a right back is one of those positions they would bring in if one was available but the only real rumors have been death. um and and a few people earlier in the in the window, there's very little at the moment, um, in that position. So I wouldn't be surprised if they kept him just because they can't afford, you know, to to maybe just rely or they'd be, you know, forced to recalling Laird or something like that. You know, there really isn't anyone else there, um, but who knows? I'd be delighted if he did go because he has to go and play to get any kind of resale value. Everyone. you know, he's not gonna, hmm. his, his price is already through the floor, and they ain't gonna go up by spending a year on the bench. At Manchester
1: yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'm very hopeful it'll go, but I'm not sure practically whether United will sanction it considering we do need two right backs. There's a lot of football. If Dallow gets injured, you actually need someone to play right back as well and currently Warmsack is our only option, but in a in a perfect world he would go and we'd, we'd find someone, but it seems like a lot to do within a couple of days now. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll see, we'll see on the the right back front. Anyway, back to the game. Um man of the match from Sky went to Martinez. Uh also my man of the match for the game. I thought he had a really good game, really solid. And I mean, this partnership with Varane does seem like it could be an actual thing for us. Um, Harry Maguire, once again, on the bench. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, how, how confident are you that this Varane Martinez isn't just, a, well, we're getting a bit excited over two games. It's an actual, this is our season now.
2: It's hard to say because you don't know really know what's going on in Eric Ten Hag's head, but through his words and his actions, I don't think he can really arrive at any other conclusion. It's just dependent on whether the form remains, I think. Um, and the so fitness. Said, and the fitness is obviously a huge element with Varane. Um, you're very right. So he said during the week, you know, the captaincy is not an automatic, you know, veto to, to starting every match. And then he also said, you know, it's very difficult when Varane, it's very difficult five minutes when, you know, Varane is the other player. And he didn't even mention Martinez fact that he's bought in Martinez the fact that he has such a relationship with him in Ajax you know where he kind of brought him along then dropped him out of the team for a little while felt he got a great response and then was his you know player of the year thereafter and he clearly has a lot of time for him you know and so he clearly also absolutely wants to play with a left-footed left centre-back Um so I find it very hard to imagine that Martinez will be dropped at all during the year particularly given the way his form is at the moment and you know nine out of ten people. In World football, if asked, you have one centre back slot left. The choice is a fit Rafa Varane or Harry Maguire. Gun to your head, who are you picking? You know, I are mean, very many people picking yeah, Harry Maguire, yeah. It's, uh, it's
1: pretty much a Gareth Salkett might,
2: yeah. Gareth Salkett might other people who might, people who paid 80 million pounds for him and gave him the captaincy <laughs> and have something of a vested interest, and maybe that working out pretty well. You know, I think those are probably the only people that would maybe make that choice at the moment. Harry Maguire can possibly be a very good defender again will he get the time to show it as you say the games are going to come slightly thicker and faster particularly with the world cup in the winter um so you know in the same way that we need right back cover i'm sure Varane will not be playing every single game in the premier league this year um and and mcguire can step into that hole at that point but at the moment i have no reason to think they won't and i mean like they look really good i mean martinez you know against southampton was the by far and away the of match I think 100% ground duels won every time he tried to tackle someone he did so successfully and he really like he really that's not to say he only did it twice or something it was probably like five six seven times he really wants to go and win the ball particularly like the second balls when it drops into the channel and um, 100% successful dribbles out of the back 61 touches 48 passes seven clearances won 100% of his aerial duels of which there were five so all the balls he can actually contest in the air he won and the five was the most that anyone on the pitch won, and he had four interceptions as well. I mean, like that's unreal. That's really, really good. I do think you know those stats don't tell the full picture. There's a few times where you know, Che Adams did cause him some issues, but like that will happen to every single defender in the league at some point. You know, with every you know every team has a striker who's capable of causing you issues at issues at some point. But broadly, he was
1: absolutely superb, dominant really when the ball was on the floor, particularly. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was excellent, and um, I mean, we had this conversation at the end of the Brentford game about his height, and I mean, we all were kind of in agreement then. His height is only an issue if we make it an issue, and we don't. We're not looking organized around him. And, and to be fair, in the last two games, we looked very organized around him, and that means that when Southampton pump, pump that long ball, they're not getting the second ball because we're getting the second ball, and it just makes us a lot, a lot better. We weren't getting the second ball so much, but um, that's not Martinet's fault. Uh, after after the goal, and we really did let them come on to us a lot after we scored. Uh, we did. not We basically did yeah. nothing after we scored, which was yeah. a bit a bit weird because there was like a good thirty minutes left. But um, again, I'm I'm just I'm just very happy with solid. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 like, know. It's, I know. It feels my like only a thing is, while since we've been so solid. My,
2: I don't want to be too early on the criticism because it's a team that clearly doesn't have a huge amount of confidence and stuff like that, if you know what I mean. But I just wonder, you know. I t- I absolutely take your point. It it was a stark contrast to the bullying that happened versus Brentford and Brighton, not to be confused with one another. Um, you know, it was markedly different from that. Obviously, we com- we competed far more, and we looked far more composed defensively. The there weren't the gaps that there were in those games. It was ten hundred times better, you know, defensively. It's, it's on the ball that I'm I'm kind of struggling. I still think we're just caught in this limbo between being a counter-attacking team that basically doesn't know how to do anything else. I mean, at the end of the day, we had 52% possession in this game. I'm not at the moment, and this is again a criticism. I think it's just a an indication that it's going to take time, but I'm not seeing any kind of Eric Ten Hag style or a real commitment to being possession-based other than a terrible way of taking goal kicks that has now been scrapped. Mm-hmm. You know, and just basically a decision that not to let now David Hayes just pumping everything as soon as he gets it. He's not even play... we're not playing out from the back anymore. We did that for one game. It was or two games catastrophically <laughs> poor. And now we've abandoned it and he's just he's just launching it forward, which is fine. But he's launching it forward to Anthony Lange and Marcus Rashford, and the ball is not sticking. That was the whole problem against Southampton. The the play was okay up until it had to go into their half, and then it just came straight back. Uh, and I get that you know there's issues with. Uh, number nine and stuff like that but um, to me we didn't have a whole pile of control in that game despite being defensively good and we played way more their style of football than the kind of football that I think that Manchester United should play and also that the quality of these players should be able to play you know I do think it'll come I just also think one more centre midfielder is almost essential and I don't
1: think we're gonna get one I mean I think you won't find many people disagreeing there that we need more central midfielders. But yeah, I also think you agree, we're not going to get one, I imagine. Um, Obviously, you just spent money on Anthony, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, I'm going to talk about transfers a bit. But yeah, I, I don't see us buying anyone in that central midfield role. But Casemiro might make a difference, but you'd think it would be he, he again, definitely he's will more make a solid. But yeah, exactly, he, yeah. But he's still good quality on the ball. I feel like for some reason in the last week, Casemiro's been pitted as this old like. Dennis Wise regen, he's just going to go tackle people and that's it. He's got, he's got a lot of quality on the ball. Like I don't really... I mean, yeah, he's he's maybe not, I don't know, Rodri or something, but he's got a lot of quality on the ball, so I think it will improve us a bit. Um, and, yeah, I just... I think the more games we play and the more solid we look at the back, the more base we have to go play better football going forward. Providing that these players actually get a bit of form, get into it a bit more. Martial coming into the team might make a bit of difference, um, as it did against Liverpool, but just for holding up the ball, really, um, mm. making it stick up top. He's probably our only player who can actually hold the ball up, um, so that might make a difference. But again, you always worry about relying on Anthony Martial, which we constantly say on this pod. But I mean, it can only we from having a solid base. I feel like we can only get better than especially the last, the first two games of the season it's definitely the best place to start i mean you know
2: and i really don't mean to come across as like oh i'm not seeing it you know it's our fourth game at the end of the day in a very mixed you know uh mixed up kind of team selection issues for ten hag with a a quite disjointed transfer window and not an ideal pre-season all that kind of stuff and then obviously the catastrophic start of the season there's no issue with just hunkering down and and just getting through games getting wins you know it's brilliant (laughs) compared to where we were two weeks ago you know really brilliant and super positive it's more just you know looking forward what do you want to see well i want want to see decent football which and that wasn't decent football you know um against southampton it doesn't have to be all the time obviously it can't be all the time um
1: but uh, it's something to keep an eye on um we'll take a quick break now but then when we get back we'll talk about the goal
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back. So, Colm, whilst we didn't play decent football, we did score a very decent goal. Um, A really good goal, in fact. Um, Started with a run at the back, played it into a langer, langer ran forward, uh, played it off to someone I can't remember mm-hmm. who, laid it off to dalla Dalot put in a great cross, as we mentioned earlier. And Fernandez taking that first time. I have to say, after Fernandes is finishing in the first two games of the season where he blazed shots over the bar, it was actually quite nice to see him take it on the side foot and punt it in the corner. It was an excellent finish.
2: An excellent finish. Slightly fortuitous, I would say, but he's kind of almost like the less time he has, the better he is at finishing. You know, he's a very instinctive player, I think, and he just when he does something quickly, it ends up just being better than if he has loads of time. I mean, the two big misses he had Previously, where like the ball was rolling back to him, as slick as you like, and all you have to do is walk onto it and it kind of slotted away, and he put book them over. Um, so this was a much, much, much harder finish because Dalla really zings it and it's kind of coming to him just on the low volley kind of area, and uh, he slightly scuffs it off the side foot, but he absolutely finds the corner, and it was a great goal, really fluid, really good, and we've seen that like that has broken out a fair few times where there's been bits of really slick play in terms of full pitch progressions into chances with particularly dallow, um like getting in behind or getting into a really good crossing space. Um, so it was a great, great, great goal. I, I'm really pleased. I, I think I, I mean I know Bruno still really, really, really divides opinion, but I'm kinda of liking Captain Bruno a
1: lot. I'm very impressed Captain Bruno to what I thought Captain Bruno would be. Um, he has been a bit better. Uh, there was the dive against Liverpool, but even he I think even he acknowledged shit that dive was at the time yeah um i i thought in this game again off the ball can't fault him lots of work lots of graph um on the ball still lacking a bit um some good bits lots of bad bits but then the goal was obviously really well taken excellent and obviously was a key difference between the teams um you've just got to kind of hope this had a responsibility the quality that we've seen from Bruno in the first, well, when he first arrived, can kind of come through again because it's been a while. But he's definitely on an upward track. I feel from what I thought was pretty abject performances towards the back end of last season.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, him and everyone else. I mean, since he joined the league, I think he's still the only people with more goals than him are Kane, Salah, and Son. You know, so I appreciate that's heavily weighted towards the, the first year of his United um, career. But he still had a good tally last year, both goals and assists, and. I agree. I mean, the funny thing is, having him beside Ericsson pre- provides such a stark contrast, which I don't think is helping people with their willingness to kind of get on board the Bruno train, if you know what I mean. Because for two players that are kind of both tens, you would struggle to find two tens that go about the game in totally different ways. You know, Ericsson is just oozes class, control, everything he does, you're like, yep, that was the correct decision. And also, your beautiful technique made it look so easy. You know, he just swishes things about, cross passing. His little over the top balls, very metronomic kind of thing, and just technically unreal. But always the vision is just always top class. You know, looking for the killer ball, looking for the incisive player, the cross fielder, whatever. He's been absolutely brilliant. Bruno's a lot more frantic. Obviously, half the things he does don't come off. He is want to lose the ball in bad positions and to take on too much. But at the same time, he has this knack of just being able to arrive in the right place or being able to play this ball that often looks a little bit scrappy, not as polished nearly as Ericsson And yet has probably had more effective season, certainly in his first year with us, than Ericsson has ever managed with any team, I would imagine. Um so it's a really odd kind of mismatch. And I actually think they quite well complement each other. I hope both of them stay in the team um long term. Although I do think Ericsson probably needs minutes managed. I was amazed he didn't come off um against uh Southampton. But they're just such a stark contrast, but I do still think for all for all the kind of issues and I do see the issues, you know, the petulance, as you say, has not been as bad since he got the um captaincy. The bad finishes lately have been the worst thing because when you take away the good finishing and the goals and the arrivals, Bruno's game then looks pretty, pretty bad, to be honest, because then the wastefulness and the, the, the losses of possession are kind of highlighted even more. But I still think he's he's absolutely key to this team and how we want to play, and I think ronaldo goes it'll be all the better you know i just think you know really there's, there's something to be built just around him but
1: not with him always trying to force the ball to ronaldo mm. um another player who i mean ashwin wanted to talk about him i was going to completely gloss over his performance because i didn't really have that much mm. to say about it but um ashwin in our group demanded demanded that we talk about him so you can blame him for this but um, anthony langer who has died the last two games uh, now he bought Anthony, you'd imagine he would be the first one to lose his place out of the Sancho, Rashford, Ilanga uh, three. I, I'm always a bit mixed on Ilanga. I feel like he's generally not, probably not good enough to play for United. And I think if he played for a different side in the Premier League, you wouldn't bat an eyelid at him. But then sometimes he does things in games. I think that was quite good, that. Um, like when he... he roasted uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold fairly uh, early on in the Liverpool game. I thought, oh, that was really good. And then he makes some runs and you think, oh, that's a good run, that. And then other times he just gets bullied off the ball, shows lack of quality. There's a real mixed bag, but is he? Is it just he's a young squad player and and, and that's it? Well, I think he's a
2: young squad player and I question if, he, if he's even going to be that long-term. I mean, he is at the moment. Um, I like him, but I don't see a big future. at Manchester United I could be proven wrong as you say, there's little moments, you know, he's he's kind of good in the air. It's going to be a lot of kind of in these next four sentences. Yeah. He's, ki- he's kind of good in the air. He's kind of a good finisher. He is technically good. You know, he's kind of nippy and makes kind of good runs. And all this stuff, like, where these little nice things pop out. And you shouldn't judge, uh, you know, a young player too harshly, but he's played for, you know, maybe the guts of a season now. Um, and I don't I still just spend 70 of the 90 minutes thinking who's our right winger or where is that guy playing or what was the last thing he did you know there's a lot of anonymity in his game and as you say a lot of very easy defending against him sometimes and then occasionally we play a little bit of tip-tap football and he looks great and and something comes off and you you had that one that hit the post I think against Liverpool where you'd say he did everything right made the good run blah blah but I just don't really see it as a as a starter at all. Um, other than in a kind of a technical, we need someone who runs kind of way at the moment. Um, so I'm I'm not so hard on him at all. I have to say, I just I like him. Uh, and there's little bits of quality there. And if he was able to produce those across the full ninety with more regularity, and if the goals started going in, and he was actually contributing with goals or assists, then maybe yeah. But at the moment, I, I could probably point to a lot of wingers in, in the Premier League. I'd rather have, obviously.
1: I think um, that is it. He's kind of, yeah, he's got a lot of kind of abilities. He's kind of all right sometimes. uh Yeah, I'm, I'm fully in agreement with that. I can see him being just a very like utilized squad player. Maybe we need someone to put in a shift or run around for a bit. He's our run around, basically. He's the player who runs around a lot. Although I do think he's better on the left than the right, I would say. Like, I think he's players. better on the left as well. I also think he's
2: technically good. You know, he. He won't it's how much he can impose himself on the game, you know, and, and whether if we started to play a bit more possession based and he would saw the ball a bit more, there there might be something there to see. Um but at the moment, you know but you need squad players at the same time. It's not an issue. I, I just don't see him as a starter. And as you say, with Anthony coming um even with our kind of lack of firepower there with you know the Martial Ronaldo issue and maybe I you know we could do with another striker even on top of Anthony, I still don't think that'll be whole pile of game time for him i think it's been quite a i don't necessarily think he was as much in eric Ten Hag's plans as um he would have wanted if if there wasn't a the whole debacle over ronaldo wanting to leave and Martial never being fit you know i don't actually think would have seen him if either of those things had been as big an issue as they are
1: hmm. um i guess we'll see you standing when we get our players in if we get any more in um the only Big talking point, I guess, from a Southampton point of view, is they. Some people may have thought they should have had a penalty. I'm trying to take. I'm trying to take my red glasses off here, but no, I don't. don't think it it, I don't ballot. think it was a penalty. Not I at mean, all. The rules, yeah, the rules say, and there is in the rules. You can go check that handball. Handball. When it comes to handball, the consideration must be taken into how close proximity the player is to with the ball being struck. And Tommy is like right next to who was it? Adams and. Again, his arm is out, but his arm is out because he's going to brace himself because he's going to run into Adams. As I, Nobody runs into players yeah. with their no. arms behind their back. Otherwise, they're going to start hurting each other. So, yeah. I, It's,
2: I, by, no, I, I, it's I, by no means unnatural. It's by no means intentional. And after it bobbles off McTominay's arm twice, it hits Che Adams' arm as well. Like It's just a thing. you know. The ball bubbled yeah. up and the two players were standing there with their arms not detached from their body and sat on the subs bench. So, funnily enough, the ball hit one of their arms. Um, I didn't think it was a penalty in lifetime. I didn't think it was a penalty in a replay. And... I don't think it required any kind of uh, huffing and puffing afterwards in terms of Southampton fans. You know, I I just don't really see it.
1: Yeah, to be fair, I feel like I I thought oh this is going to be a massive talking point, but it didn't seem to be that bigger talking point. So maybe I I probably read more into it than there probably was. But I think I feel like the yeah correct decision. And then other than that, there was a chance a header. Um, can't remember who headed, but De Gea it. It's it yeah, Rebo. De Gea made a save that you'd expect him to make. And other yeah. than that, I thought the big the biggest stuff. Sound- Stand up Southampton was their centre back, um Bella Katchup, who was excellent, he looked great. I thought. Also,
2: uh, Lavi, I thought looked really good. He probably looked like the best midfielder on the pitch, to be honest. Um, which really says it all for the game, but he, I think he's 18, like it's one, one worth watching. Um, but yeah, they had uh, some impressive players of whom I knew nothing about or had never heard their names before
1: ever. Yep. Uh I felt that like Bella Katchup, lad, looked. But... Really good, strong, yeah. quick, and um, yeah, I thought it was there. Uh, so, I mean, we're not the Southampton podcast. We're not going to go into too much detail, Southampton. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? I still think they might struggle this year, but at least they didn't lose 9-0. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so just to round off the game, um, off the bench came Casemiro for his United debut. Uh, 10 minutes. Um, were you surprised he didn't start, or are, are you just happy that team on the pitch for the last
2: um, time? I was, I was actually slightly surprised that he did keep, the game un- or the 11 unchanged from Liverpool and then just surprised because you just think shiny new toy and he's done his pre-season with Real he's probably ready to go but as soon as it came out I was like oh no that's that is the correct decision No, you shouldn't just rush him in you know without proper training and time to get up to speed and language and all the rest of it or whatever so I was pretty pleased I, I was quite sure he'd come on and um, because I thought he'd definitely be required at some stage in the game um so no I wasn't really that surprised um, that he didn't start or nor disappointed. I thought his little cameo was good. I think you can see straight away, just what he's going to bring, which is something that is so almost seems so basic, but has been so lacking. Like he just is ferociously responsible as a football player. You know, he's just you could just see even when he wasn't anywhere near the ball, he was just looking around, pointing, dropping into little spaces. When when they started to come onto us, he was dropping in between the center backs. No one was asking him to. He was just doing it because he thought that's where the danger was going to come. He had sort of a little. Bit in the right back position, I think with Dallow, help helping to kind of scrap and win the ball and then play it out quite nicely, um, and yeah, just so conscientious and responsible in terms of his movement and his scanning of, of where the danger is going to be. So I think it'll be superb. I'm keen just to see how you know how the league is on him. You know the pace of it all. How a player looks after playing with Modric and Cruz for um you know eight years or whatever uh, in a very different kind of midfield. And then just how how it can impact us in terms of that stability and, and maybe a wee bit more control, but, um, no, I'm buzzing the same um
1: from the start. Yeah, you say you say language though, but now it looks like our language mainly in the team will be Spanish, Struck Portuguese, boy. Gea to Varan to Martinez to Casimiro to Bruno.
2: Just... I always wonder about this, Imran, and you would assume so, and yet. I think there may there might be some kind of general rule. I don't know. I've never played on any football teams that were particularly uh, multinational. Um, you know, you always had one or two maybe um French lads or Spanish lads or whatever, but never ever a big contingent. It was never an issue. But I do wonder if there's kind of a home rules kind of thing because everyone has to hear everything. You know, like there's no way to hear speaking Spanish. Maybe if he was having a quiet word with a Spanish speaker, but I think Dalu speaks pretty good English. Um. Varane, I'm not so sure. Well, that's uh, what I think. I'm tricky. thinking more
1: of. But Varane, Varane to Martinez, you'd think they'd be talking to each, other, to each other in Spanish through the whole game, you'd think. Because yeah. why wouldn't you? And then when they're talking to Casimiro, who doesn't speak any English, or barely any English, I believe, then you'd think again, just yeah, Spanish. But definitely. Look, if someone does not speak English, you know, but at the same time,
2: you know, this is a problem that's been, you know, this has happened. There's players who've played in England for a year or two and never spoken English. There's no way that, um, that the whole team, you know, it's just weird because, you know, yes, you can speak to just your. I mean, center back kind of different because you two will probably have a lot of time to speak to each other, you know, fairly intimately. But really, everyone else has to benefit from the speaking
1: thereafter. So I don't know, it's just weird. All right, we're going to take a quick break now. But then when we get back, we'll talk about the thing that you all want to hear about.
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void are prohibited by law. See terms
1: and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back. So it's on the BBC, so obviously it's official. Uh, Anthony will be coming to Man United. Uh, The fee is £80 million, according to BBC (sighs) or according to... Other places ninety five million euros with five million euros mm-hmm. add on, so it becomes a hundred million euros, which Ajax were looking for. Um it's a bit of a, a bit of an odd deal this week with Anthony having an interview about how he really is desperate to come and all this posturing for a move. Uh Ajax insisting on keeping, but really just insisting on getting hundred million euros for him, which is their want. Uh there was a lot made this week of oh, Ajax are being assholes for not letting him leave, and I'm just thinking he's their player. if They want 100 million euros. That's what they said. That's that's their prerogative, um, and they've got it now. So you can't say they did the wrong thing. They got the money that they wanted for him. So it's a lot of money, um, but he's the player Eric Ten Hag wanted. Um, how excited are you?
2: Well, I am excited. Uh, I don't think you can watch his highlights and not get excited. Um, I also am excited because it, it it intrigues me as to what our forward line might look like and Keely, who might not be in it um, find that quite exciting but I mean even I would encourage anyone who hasn't and I'm sure uh, 90% of our listeners are poring over um, YouTube highlight reels um, of Anthony anyway but the, his last 90 minutes there in the Air Eredivisie um, are well worth a watch there's like a montage of just his individual highlights from one game you would think you were watching a montage of a full season the amount of stuff he did in that game he scored a goal I think he got an assist he had not made about four players. He, he kept getting doubled up and he kept beating both his men to get into crossing positions, cutbacks. Just like he is a live wire. You know, his feet are so good. Um, his dribbling is will immediately be the best in the club, something we've missed direly since Marchet. I'll just stop doing it to any kind of good effect, essentially. Rashford hasn't really beaten a man in about four years. Um, so I'm excited to see that. Um, and yeah, he just looks really, really, really good. Is he only a £100 million player Imran? I'm not sure what that looks like, to be quite honest, these days. Um, Does Jack Grealish look like a £100 million player? You know, it's a tough question. You have to pay what you have to pay at the end of the day. It's not our money. Um, To come to your point about Ajax, um, it, it 100% is their want. It's interesting because I do think it sets a poor precedent. I think their manager's comments don't help Uh, Schroeder or whatever his name is. He's come off very salty throughout the entire summer, I think. Um. And the fact that he looks like a clone of Eric ten hag, but worse, you know doesn't help, I don't think um, in terms of just like uh who is this guy and uh, let us have your players and just wise up with you, but he's come off really salty about it to be honest, and I don't know if that's help matters um they it is their prerogative to keep him i also however, it's also their you know prerogative to take the acceptable offer and not put down a standard for keeping players who have Probably outgrown that league and want to move on to bigger clubs because those are the same players that you will have in your team in your youth team and that you'll be looking to bring in who will then look at this fiasco and maybe think oh maybe Ajax isn't the place to do that kind of thing now, I don't think that'll be a big issue now that he has gone but I also think it's probably no small part our fault because it's been a weird transfer and that we were informed very early with figures of like fifty and sixty million being talked about and we were told no. At that stage, but maybe we would take 65 or 70. And we basically went away all summer at that point, I think, and looked at other alternatives and focused on other things like Frankie de jong pointlessly. Um and then we've come back in seemingly the final two weeks of the window, and the number has gone from 50, 60, 70, skipping 80 and 90 to yeah, 100 as you say, in Euros. Um so crazy, crazy overpay, I think, regardless of how good he is, it doesn't really matter to us, but um but it's wild the way we do business in London
1: ultimately i feel like they knew we would pay that for him
2: and then well, i think ultimately it, they didn't want to sell him that was the thing well there's that, that true in but... fact i think in fact they weren't i don't think they had this master plan at the start of the year of thinking uh, hey, i think we can just snub these guys till the end and then they'll give us a 100 million that might have been the plan b definitely i think plan a was keep him because they've lost too many players and too many ma- and their manager so i think they truly wanted to keep him and we're intending to keep him for one more year um and we've then put ourselves in a position where we maybe didn't negotiate quite seriously enough at the start, and then it's forced this need for him to come out and say the things he said, and for us to go much higher in terms of the money.
1: Mm. And what do you think about the things he said and the the posturing for a move? Um, is it? Is I, quite it... Like, I think it was. But I mean, if our I player was... did that, would you be? Is it different if yeah, it's our not, player?
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, it's happened with one of our players,
1: and That's true. I didn't
2: really, it didn't really bother me at that time, you know. And sadly, he's now back at the club, so it was an issue. And then it's happened with a player before that, whom I still think is one of the well, the, probably the best United player I've ever seen. In, well, no, nah, I wouldn't say that. One of the best United you know, players I've seen in my lifetime. One of the um, best, one of
1: the best players named Wayne Rooney.
2: Yeah. No, definitely. Um, Future manager. Um, So no, I have no issue because for me, he did it respectfully, you know, and he did it fairly. His arguments are sound. So basically he has kept quiet until the last week of the window. And then he's come out and laid out precisely why he's angry. Essentially that he told them as soon before he, in February or something, I think I want to leave next year. Uh, during the summer, I don't think I want to be at Ajax next year. I, I want to go to a different club. I think there'll be offers offers then came in at the start of the window he said look if a reasonable offer that that suits you arrives i want you to let me go kind of thing and they said "Mm." and then in the end he wasn't allowed to go and the offer became even more than reasonable and he still wasn't allowed to go and then the offer became frankly silly and he still wasn't allowed to go so at that point he's given them the entire window to replace him and say look from before the window opened, i wanted to leave and that's really all he's come out and said is that i feel i've you know, I loved my time here. I then decided I want to go. I informed them at the earliest opportunity. I told them that I would only go for the reasonable sum. Then what I felt the reasonable sum came, I wasn't allowed to go. Then what I felt was more than reasonable came in. Then what I felt was truly silly offer came in and I still wasn't allowed to go. And at that point now I'm I'm giving an interview to say, You guys are scumbags, then me go. And I think that's fine. Yeah. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a wee kind of he's a bit of a or people think. <laughs> a bit of a I'm gonna use the word a wee rat, which might not sound very nice, but uh just a wee bit of a wind up, a wee bit of a you know uh, big eye arm, bit of a diva, maybe.
1: Well, I I, I kind of agree in that I'm I, it doesn't bother me, but then it doesn't bother me when our players do it because you know, footballers are footballers, that's their want. They want to move to big clubs, they want more money, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean that that is just life, you know. You yeah. can't you can't get too attached to footballers these days. Um in terms of the actual fee, it's a lot of money, obviously. Now, there is the oh, it's not your money. Who cares? Thing, and I, I, I never really get this argument because I don't get that at all. That's just a that's
2: a shiny new toy argument. That's just like a I don't want to speak logic with you because I'm getting something I want and I don't care.
1: Yeah, because I mean, I don't do I care that Glaziers are spending money? No, like they're going to spend money. I don't. I, I hope they spend all their money. Glazier's like I don't want them to have money. No, that's fine. What it is is though, it's 100 million euros, and that is I, what bothers me is how that affects us on the pitch. because... Other signings, yeah, yeah or other signings because. You don't just spend the money and then it, that's it. The story ends there. Never we never speak of it again. This the, the 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 fee for Anthony now follows him onto the pitch. It affects his mentality, and yeah, he probably has a strong mentality. He probably deal with that's fine, but it also affects his teammates. You've heard, I've heard many interviews yeah. with teammates before. They, they say, "Oh, this player came in for a record signing. I played with him, training. I think, what the hell is this? Like, yeah. who is this guy worth forty million? How? Like, you know, it affects that. It affects the press. It affects fans' expectations. We had a debate in our group." And our WhatsApp group the other day about what what constitutes a flop and um, how much uh, the fee for a player comes into that, comes into them yeah. being a flop. So, it, it's... Well, absolutely. I mean, if, if anyone, I would ask,
2: challenge anyone to say, answer me this question, honestly. Do you think Harry Maguire's price tag has affected his trajectory since? Oh,
1: 100%. Anyone who says 110%. no is a
2: liar. 100%. Or a fool. And there's many of them about. But the other thing is, Imran, you've correctly pointed out, it absolutely affects that player. And the squad, so wages matter, price tags matter, pressure matters. Those things, you know, media narratives matter definitely. Those things will affect player. Some players it will make them crumble. Some players won't be a be water off ducks back, no issue. Hopefully, hopefully Anthony is the latter. Other thing it affects, other teams bargaining with us in the future, and our ability to get the right players at the right price at the right time. And we have, I mean, if anyone wants an exhibit of why that might be a problem, I give you this transfer window you know just foolishness but foolishness and a bad situation that's often part of a strategy of the last five years the teams now view us very differently than if Bayern Munich are coming to do business or if Chelsea are coming to do business or if Liverpool are coming to do business or or City are coming to do business and so that's an issue as well the third reason why that price matters is because that money could be used for something else a a different midfielder two players instead of one uh uh, it could be put into old trafford as a stadium regeneration project you know other things can happen with that money so all for all those reasons you shouldn't just think it's not my money i don't care that's like saying do you know what the opposite of that is saying if i said to you is it good that the glazers bought united on leveraged debt and have essentially largely held us back since then i don't care it's not my money Mm. it's your club okay so when you're saying I'm happy to pay 200 squillion for this player because hey we get a shiny new player and i don't care it's my money that's the converse of saying are you happy with the glazer ownership i don't care it's not my money it's the same it's two, two different sides of the same coin of course it's important
1: it is and i mean obviously we all hope that anthony becomes that great player that is worth that fee we don't know we can't we can't speculate now whether it'll be a flop or whatever but it's just it's just it's, just, it's, it's if anyone's cautious of the fee, I don't think that's a problem. I think it's fair. To, it's fair to be cautious. It's fair to worry. Like players who go for that much money generally don't do so well. Uh, historically, yeah. you look at players who are, who are go for hundred million euros or more. The vast majority the is, haven't been great.
2: The better point to make is not. I don't care. It's not my money. Is they've done it. It doesn't matter now anyway. Yeah. That's a better. That's a better way of looking at it. Is not. it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of the football club or it doesn't matter it's not my money i'm not out of pocket that's a silly way to look at it really the better way to look at it is, is we have no control over it let's make the most of it let's not talk about it let's not make it a thing any more than it has to be if you know what i mean let's not view him as someone who has to score 30 goals and get 30 assists because that's how much he cost let's just accept that at this particular point in time with Ajax that was the price of doing business and our need outweighed the Sensible option of being fiscally responsible. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And that—that's the truth of the matter. That is why we've paid this much money for. him It's not because he's worth that much money. Because no one in world football thinks he's worth that money at the moment. It could be a bargain. Imran, he has a bit of arrogance about him. He has undeniable quality, and he looks like exactly the kind of profile of player we should be getting—the player who needs that next step. Now it's just a shame that again we're going back to Ajax, and maybe going back to what Erik ten Hag knows rather than actually relying on Scouting and stuff. But that's fine for this year. You know, we'll we'll see how it goes. But I have a lot, I have actually quite a lot of faith that I think he's gonna be a bit of a player for us. He's got this arrogance and this nastiness about him, and a bit of the big I am, you know, and he's like his feet are unbelievable. He's a bit like Mares, but maybe a bit more a bit more flair and explosive, less kind of elegant, I suppose. Um, but yeah, certainly similarities there. And he's got a wicked left foot. I mean, a left-footed right winger is is what Eric Ten Hag wants, and he's as good a one. At that age profile that you'll find in Europe, you know, so that's that can only be a good thing.
1: And I guess you are, also you play. You do pay a premium for that sort of player because there aren't that many about. And um, no, definitely awesome. not. You'd be we've struggling. Seen,
2: you'd be struggling to name other ones, you know.
1: Yeah, we've seen the fees. Oh, that's another another thing I don't like. By the way, when people say is okay, if we don't get him. Name another one. That's not my job to name another one. It's not anyone's job to name another <laughs> one. We have scouts for that reason. But Anyway, that's a different thing. Um, there is also the, obviously the fact that fees this year are crazy. Anthony Gordon, sixty million, being quoted. Morton, Gibbs, oh, Morgan gives Morgan gives white, fun, but yeah. Do you think? Hmm.
2: Yeah, hundred percent, a hundred percent.
1: I'm not sure about that one.
2: Uh, I think okay. Chelsea are desperately trying to get ahead of the curve on that one uh, in a kind of a Declan Rice situation.
1: Interesting. we'll, we'll, we'll revisit that in a year. Let's put a, let's put a pin mm. on that one. Uh, Cucurella for sixty million. Uh, Morgan gives white forty million. So, the, but then also at the same time, you have had what Jesus go for forty five million. So there are you know there's 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 good deals to be had in amongst this sea of absolute craziness, but in general the market is a bit mad so there is that too um and yeah i mean maybe maybe 100 million euros is just the the norm for what you have to sign players for these days and in two three years time that is just everyone's 100 million euros we'll find out i guess yeah. but it's it anyway he's our player now like you said it would be good if we lived in a world where we can just be he's our player now whatever we, we can we just let's hope he becomes good but i feel like obviously with expectations of fans and whatever it's a bit more than that but i'm i i am hopeful i'm hopeful i good and obviously ultimately he fills a massive hole in our side which is as you said a left-footed right winger who can actually do things that a right winger should be able to do and he works very hard good at pressing yeah. he knows Hag's yeah. system he knows the manager i mean these are all plus points i mean i, I honestly can't see him being bad that's the thing i can't no, see him because
2: well, it's a it's a bar of like will he be better than what we have yeah so, uh, you know, even if he isn't great, well, I just think it'd be grand. I think um him being actually a dribbler and eight with occupied defenders would be good for Dallow. As you say, he like led Ajax, possibly the league, in kind of other half recoveries and press tackle wins in the opposition territory kind of thing. Um so that's really encouraging. That's obviously what we want to see is that kind of industry alongside the quality. Um and then it's interesting because then Rash or sorry, Sancho maybe moves over to the left, um, and then the striker is whoever the striker is. Um, I think you know early indications I think it's difficult to read because of the turmoil obviously Rashford was kind of the natural choice to play nine and then Sancho was on the left against Southampton for long periods which I thought looked good Um, it's, it's just interesting then to see how that develops because Anthony is a right winger with a left foot and that is apparently what Eric Ten Hag wants so that I think becomes I don't think he's going to compete necessarily with Sancho and, and have some time on the bench trying to replace him i think it's more likely that sancho and rashford compete for the left wing spot
1: i think it's more like the three of them kind of rotate for the buff both spots i guess i can see hmm. sancho playing left and right rashford being left and um Anthony being right and then the three of them kind of divvy up between them sort of thing I can, I can see that sort of thing happening there are a lot of games at the end of the day got a game on thursday got a game on sunday we should see rotation coming in already so we'll see i, I don't i don't i In your best 11, obviously, I think Anthony will obviously be there starting, but it'll be interesting to see how he rotates everyone. Um, There are a couple of days left of the transfer window. I'm I'm a bit reluctant to get too into the weeds of who he might sign, who might go, because ultimately, we'll know in the space of three days. And after the Leicester game, we'll probably record a podcast on the Leicester game and on transfers. So don't worry if you want your transfer fix. We we, will review the whole window then. But just in general, Colin, what would you like to see in... Not in a perfect world, but in a realistic world, what do you want to see happen in the next two days?
2: Martin Dubravka.
1: Oh, I mean, star signing. That's what we all hope for at the beginning a, of the season. A
2: name to strike. Now, I do hope we get another keeper just because apparently we want one. Yeah. The only other one I really care about, as I said at the start, I'm quite happy we're right back at the moment with Dallow. Uh, you know, if he gets injured, then buy someone in January or whatever, that's fine. But I actually think give him give him the season and just see how it goes. So I'm okay with that at the moment. Um. The only other one I'm really interested in, because I, I am resigned to the fact Imran, that we are not signing a creative, uh, set, you know, holding centre midfielder or whatever. It's just not going to happen. We're going to make do with what we have, and Ericsson's probably going to play deeper, and uh, we'll see how that goes. That's fine. I would love it. Love it, love it, love it. If we give Cristiano Ronaldo to Napoli and signed uh, Oisenheim Osenheim, um for like, say, 70 million, 80 million, 100 million, who cares, not my money. I would be delighted just to not have Cristiano Ronaldo on the team. He was awful for the 20 minutes or the 10 minutes that he came on against Southampton. His face just annoys me now. It's beyond the point of no return. He's not useful. The team is better off without him. Even if they were worse off for the year, they would still be better off in the long term. No one will convince me that he is any value add to this squad whatsoever. Even though I don't think he's like the, the big issue that he's made out to be. I just think he's unnecessary. And a bit of a sideshow at this point and earning you know half a million point a week so you know even if we're covering wages but it gets him out the door i'd be delighted if that happened i'd be delighted for him I'd be delighted for his agent who's worked so hard at it all year basically making up and you know approaching every single team with champions league football with beggar bowl in hand to try and get ronaldo those extra three goals that are gonna make all the difference when it's finally time to tot up who is the best player as if that will matter so that's the only transfer I care about now is how we can possibly get rid of Cristiano Ronaldo. Sadly, I don't think we're going to manage it.
1: Yeah, agreed. My, my whole investment in these last two days is can we get rid of Cristiano Ronaldo? I'm so invested in it. I feel like it's going to make, literally make or break our whole season. I would
2: we be so happy. See <laughs> <It's
1: laughs> if see if, if someone said to me, you can get rid of Cristiano Ronaldo this
2: season, but you're going to finish fifth. I'd still take it. I wouldn't care less.
1: I, I've, I just, it would just be a big weight off the club's shoulders, I think, of Ten Hag's shoulders for managing it. I just think get rid of him and I mean it's easy said than done obviously like nobody wants him it's a big big problem um and yes there's this Napoli crazy rumor of um I'm not going to try to pronounce his name the way you did you did it so eloquently um so that I mean yeah whatever I just even just get, get rid of him and as long as we don't get a Bamiyan I don't want a Bamiyan forget that I don't no I don't want a either. either don't want a Bamiyan um, yeah exactly. Depay, That's a buy I'll take, I'll take, I'll take the pie for five million whatever like fine whatever um just get rid of Ronaldo please that would be my that would be my uh, ideal last few days of the window, but we'll see. And I said, we'll, uh, we'll review that in a, in a couple of days. Um, we're going to talk about the Leicester game. Now, before we do, just a quick shout out to our sponsor, Manscaped. This manscaped.com, your go-to place for all the above-the-waist and below-the-waist grooming needs. Um, you now do a great facial trimmer, apparently. So you can do your facial hair now with Manscaped. It's not just for your below-downstairs area. It's also for your face. So, you know, go to manscaped.com, use the code United Hour 20 for 20% off and free shipping. That's United Tower 20 for free shipping and 20% off. Uh, it's great stuff. We all endorse it here at the pod. So you yeah, get to manscape.com and support the pod. Right. Leicester coming up on Thursday, aka last season's scene of the Harry Maguire disaster show, which in my humble opinion <laughs> led to the demise of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um Maguire might actually play on Thursday. Yeah, he might. Yeah. He might play on in Thursday. Fact- because yeah. we have the game against Arsenal on Sunday, which is a big game now. They're flying, and I mean, i really love to beat Arsenal at home, but we'll get, we'll, yeah. that's a different game. We'll concentrate on the Leicester game first. Leicester are in pretty much disarray. They can't beat a 10-man Chelsea team. They have made zero signings. Rodgers looks... I mean, Rodgers could be a good tip for the first manager to leave this season, I think. I mean, him and, him and Gerrard, so that's funny. Either yeah. way. Um... <laughs> Either way. Um, yeah, what, what, I mean, so all that said, we'll probably lose, won't we?
2: That, that's the way it seems to me, yeah. Imran, it does, yeah. Uh, in probably hilarious slash calamitous fashion because they certainly won't want to win the game You know, on the, on the trajectory there. And so we're going to have to outlose them, first of all, to lose the game. Um, yeah, no, it's it seems like we should win. I'll be disappointed if we don't. But as you say, it just feels like a banana skin with how bad they've been. They're there's probably going to be a response, although they do seem like they're in just the, the first throes of an absolute doom cycle. So maybe the response won't be against us. Um, although I think a lot of teams... If they saw United on the horizon, would think that is the game to play up for because they'll they'll give you one. Um, but yeah, we should be putting them away. They look, oh, at sea, just desperate. I don't really know what the issue is, everyone. As to appreciate money's not there, maybe or something. Um, but even at that, their squad should be decent. Rogers, it's kind of his thing to be good for a while and then really, you know, burn out with it all. So, um, I just really hope we win because that in a way takes pressure off the Arsenal game a little bit, even though I think in of itself, regardless, it will be a massive game for us, um, probably a bigger game for us than it will be for them, um, to kind of reestablish ourselves or to try and uh, gauge where we are, you know, on this kind of new season, started off, all oh, looks a bit better. If we, God forbid, won the next two games, I mean, I'd be in happy land.
1: Yeah, I mean, that would be huge. I mean, beat Leicester and Arsenal, it really would set us up quite nicely, actually. Um, I mean we we all should expect to win here. Um I do expect to see some changes from Ten High, just knowing that we got uh, two games in three days for the first time this season, you'd think you'd mm-hmm. chop and change a bit. I see maybe Ericsson coming out, I'd see Casemiro starting, um, maybe change a couple of changes up top. I don't think we'll have signed Anthony in time with work permits and stuff, even though the window's closed. Um but yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how we go about things. And um yeah, I mean I ca I I will predict a win. But with the with full knowledge that we could just fall flat on our faces. Definitely.
2: Or, you know, we could kick on and we could play great football and win well. Uh, one question I did want to ask you, Imran. Not really a question, more of a statement for discussion. Dean Henderson is currently a better keeper than David De Gea.
1: Wrong. Incorrect. No, absolutely correct. Demonstratively correct. I mean, it
2: is. So what, demonst- did, what did David De Gea do? Last week, he fluffed the easiest shot in the world. Not last week, two weeks ago. Fluffed the easiest. I mean, he's literally, he's been responsible for several goals this year already.
1: Thing about, I mean, keepers make mistakes. Like that is,
2: is, it's normalized? It's normalized
1: because that's what he's done for so no, long. But keepers, now. Is, you keepers think make that's mistakes okay at the end of the day. Like Henderson, literally yeah. let a ball it's... dribble in past him yesterday. To if De Gea conceded that first goal that Forrest conceded yesterday, he would be lamp, lamp, lambasted. Post to pillar, that was it's not as bad as
2: the one that he let go through his hands. It's not as
1: bad as that one, true, but it was still really not nearly
2: as bad. Not nearly, you know, even in the the context of them both making mistakes, Dean Henderson does make saves on the other side, saves penalties. So, so uh, as the
1: just hit obviously a rough bit of form currently. Um, beginning of last season, though, he showed that yes, he still can be an elite shot stopper. It's just the other parts of his game that really let him down, and when he's not being an elite shop stopper, then he becomes a. And what about really the six-yard goal
2: kicks? What about the six-yard goal kicks? Now we just play. Henderson does that and
1: as well. Like
2: literally. Well, he's not good. He's not good with his feet. Is he as bad as De Gea? I'm not saying. I'm not saying. For two things. I'm not saying. I'm not saying Dean Henderson is better than David De Gea has ever been because that's obviously foolish. And I'm also not saying that Dean Henderson is necessarily good enough for Manchester United. I'm just saying he's the better keeper right now and possibly should have been kept. But I also, I will admit that it's harder to just be as easy as that, because then you have to have to head, do you sell them? do you shift them? what do you do, blah blah blah. And obviously the decision
1: was made. I wonder as the season goes on, will we will we see that as a bad decision? I would say, as the season goes on, you will see Henderson being a fairly alright keeper for Forrest. Not great. Probably letting some shots that he's save because his positioning's quite poor. He has generally quite poor positioning for a goalkeeper, but he will make some decent saves, save some penalties, whatever. But you also probably see De Gea saving some... Maybe not saving some penalties. You won't see him saving any penalties. Well, to be fair, last season he did save half the penalties he, say, he faced last season. Fair yeah. So give, yeah give also, I up. think maybe
2: he but, might have set a record for the most cringiest uh, European final ever yeah, as true. regards to but, not coming but, anywhere close not, to saving a but, penalty. But
1: generally, he'll probably hit some form, probably do some great saves. Well, we've seen De Gea make great saves, probably happen. If not, ultimately, neither of these people should be our keeper at the end of the year. So if you are telling me no, at the beginning of this summer... We should have we should have said Hend- Henderson's our number one, De Gea's our number two, and that just kicks the can down the road because then next year you've got to get rid of two. Right,
2: right, right. So you're saying you're ridiculous. saying both them are yeah, both them are not good enough. Better to keep De because he's more easy to replace long term, i.e., with a proper you know Bazuna or whatever his name is, you know, next year or whatever. Um, and then you can actually just drop De Gea slash sell him. Whereas if you made De- uh, Henderson your number one, you'd be you'd be doing that experiment for three four years.
1: Exactly, and then also Henderson mm-hmm. isn't demonstrably good. I mean, Henderson's probably better at De Gea than crossing. His shot stopping is not demonstrably better than De Gea's, and especially if De Gea hits farm, then it definitely isn't. So, and I think, with I think heat, his presence
2: so- is better. I think his command of the box is better. I think his organization is better. I think his bravery and personality are probably better. I think his shot stopping is about on a par across the season because De Gea makes as many mistakes as he makes great saves these days, and I think his feet are
1: marginally better. Well, but you remember, I he he, he, and he did play for us a fair few times in the. All-East yeah, game, like ten games. Well, no, it was more than that. It's probably about fifteen, twenty, and it, it wasn't. It was never great. Let's be honest. It never, it never <laughs> it grabbed started, well, like, started this, well and then went pretty downhill. This is this is the most amazing keeper I've ever seen in my life. Wow! Basically, there's no point in discussing either. Ultimately, next season we should be looking to get a new keeper. If you ask me who it was, it would be Raya from Brentford or Jose Saffin Wolves. Yeah. Putting those two names out there. Both will be very good. I just good see
2: options. you I have just seen you put throwing a lot of shade on Dave I Henderson. think Henderson is
1: not a very good goalkeeper who is hit a big bit, bit, <laughs> bit, big. <laughs> well, it's, big, it's big seen personal times right as now. well. It's in it, personal times as well. Well, it just he's hit a bit of form and everyone's like, oh, he's clearly the best keeper in the world. He's not. He's a he's a fairly average keeper who will do a decent job in the premiership. Ultimately we should be ha- looking for higher than that. i really don't get this idea that, oh, why are we keeping Gehe when Henderson's over there? Like. I mean, we're talking about two keepers. Who... Well, I mean, to be fair, most people's argument
2: is just, is just why are we keeping De Gea? And then the natural little extension of that is when Dean Henderson's over there, but really it's the first half of that sentence that is the issue, not the not the second half, you know.
1: I just I feel like the um, people are quick to jump on De Gea for his mistakes, but then when Henderson makes a mistake, it's just like, oh, whatever. it's You know, he's young, he's learning, whatever. De Gea will make mistakes, but he'll also probably pull out some really good saves at some point in the season. Probably saves that Henderson wouldn't himself make, so... Um, we'll see. We'll have to see how the season pans out. Forrest um, obviously on a high of just being promoted. He's on a high of just being... Bought moved. 74 players. Yeah, exactly. Bought 100 players. He's on a high of just moving, having banished his demonic uh, parent club. So, you know, he's, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. we'll see. All, the li-
2: all the lies that were told to him about his uh, position exactly. before I, he got COVID-19. I,
1: I mean, ultimately, I didn't think he had the great season at Sheffield United that one season. Uh, but then I also think that Ramsdale's not a very good keeper and people bang on about him so maybe i don't maybe i don't know anything about keepers maybe that's i, mean, I think Nick Pope's here. the best english keeper by some distance i see i would disagree i don't think ramsdale's all that at all. i think he uh makes it, I, say, I said i said i think pope, he, i said i think nick, oh, nick, nick pope oh, is the best english sorry. keeper yeah yeah i agree with that i think nick pope is the best english keeper by some distance uh i feel like ramsdale fools people into thinking he's a great keeper because he shouts a lot um mm. any any comments on this keeper section uh Talk to am I'm, 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 I'm not interested in debating. The <laughs> Mine firmly made up. <laughs> See you next year. We, yeah, we, we need a new keeper. It's neither Henderson nor De Gea. That's, that is basically where I'm at. Um, That's fine. And yeah. Did, did you know Wolves bought Jose safa like £7 million last year? That is crazy. I know it's wild,
2: but even, even like um, the Southampton keeper, I think it is Bazuna. Um, I'm not sure how you say it again, but uh, it came from City and he's going to be unbelievable.
1: That 20, the one who was in net on the weekend? Like twenty yeah. he's, like, he's like twelve, is he? Gavin. Yeah, he's Irish. Yeah. Is he? Oh, then he will be terrible. Yeah. Come on. No, he will time? be good. He's the next when was the last time I learned Gavin, Shake. Gavin, Shake it. Well, she too given. short, one he. Yeah. yeah. yeah he was. It um,
2: yeah. No, I think he no, he'd be top class. I generally think he'd be top class. Um so yeah, it's I don't actually think they're that hard to find, to be honest. I think we just don't I don't think we value it. Well, uh, I think a lot we, of clubs don't value it like in general do you know what I mean if we
1: truly decide that uh, Mezier is the one to place De Gea I might I shoot myself right, yeah, okay. no, I don't think he is right um, okay I don't think he is so yeah that's where we'll leave this, uh, this United Hour um, on, uh, on
2: some pained goalkeeper uh, chat
1: on pained pain goalkeeper chat look we won't get a new goalkeeper <laughs> between now and the end of the window I can kind of see that. I can see the reason why shifting De Gea and buying keeper that's too much for this club in one window when we're, we're, we're two, ch- chasing De, De Jong for 3 months so you know. Mm-hmm. Um it's interesting though because we are literally playing a style of football now that would be completely as opposed to eric ten hag's style of just launching the ball. Um so it, it is quite interesting how te- ten hag is willing to compromise on his style uh for the functionality of the team but you think you would think next year that we will actually go back to think, kicking honestly, the ball. I think I think that's
2: probably an indicate I think that's an indication of how big he thinks the problems are. Yeah. Like he just does not I think he's fiercely realistic in, in, in all things. You know, he comes across so point of fact. And, and I think he, he has this idea of how he wants to play and he, he will be ruthless about that. But at the moment, he's, I think he literally is accepting, I just simply can't do that or
1: we'll get beaten every week. Interestingly, so, though, he has bought know. a loan keeper who is pretty much all the same traits as De Gea. Yeah,
2: Good I just again, with his feet. yeah, I think that's again just a lack of. I mean, the names being thrown around in the keeper market are
1: bad you know they're all so 40 year old german keepers I thought, I <laughs> right. they're all awful so um so yeah well we'll 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 see where the squad looks like in a couple of days uh, as i said we'll be hopefully back after the leicester game straight after the leicester game we'll try to get a pod together because that will be the end of the transfer window as well um if not we'll be after the arsenal game for definite um but yeah until then you can always follow us on united hour on twitter um on instagram get on red cafe give us a comment in the thread all the good stuff um but yeah until then cheers for joining me Cole. Cheers. United Hour is part of the Sports Social Network, edited by Imran LaHair, and our theme song is by Ancient Feelings. To get in touch, please follow us on Twitter, United underscore Hour, or email us at unitedhour at gmail.com.